Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 96 of the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and the return of our special guest, Rocky Magania. The regular season has come to an end, and even after the dust has settled, the Chiefs find time to beat down on the perennial preseason champs, the LA Chargers. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about the Chiefs' playoff chances, and to revisit some of the best moments from the Chiefs this year. But first... Third down has been an issue for the Chiefs on this drive. Stick 
In the pocket to throw. Big chase and he's sacked. Who got him? Chris Jones got him. It's a seven-figured sack back at the 25-yard line. And the sideline is going crazy. Rocky, it's been a strange old season, hasn't it, buddy? Oh my gosh, it's it's been a roller coaster ride. Some ups, some downs. Some friends became enemies. Some enemies became friends. You know, it's just been a regular telenovela of a season. But you know, at the end of the day, we're sitting here. We're AFC champs. We're hosting a playoff game. Yeah. And then it's it, it in true telenovela form. We have Tyreek Hill trying to come back to Arrowhead for revenge and we are have to stand our ground against him and, and, and face the onslaught and who knows how it's gonna end it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nail biter brad uh it's it's gonna be a tasty prospect isn't it i mean I, we'll get into the tyree hill thing obviously in the second half of the show but um just that little snippet just seems to keep cropping up now and again doesn't it where he says i don't want to do this to your chief's kingdom i don't want to do this but i'm going to throw the deuces up at you at our head and we kind of dodged that bullet a little bit didn't we when they were over in frankfurt um but it could be that we may see that but we'll talk about that in the second half of the show but what I wanted to talk about in the first half of the show really was, you know, just look back, be a bit more positive about this season because we have had some downs. We've had a few downs and we had some games in there that really, we've not really seen this this Chiefs offense like its old self, have we? It's not something that we've been really kind of uh, accustomed to over the over this season. Um, and But the positives, the positive side of things, I mean, the huge positive out of this is clearly the Chiefs defense, isn't it? Oh, 100% it's the Chiefs defense. And, I mean, Brad, as an Englishman, are you allowed to only look at the positive? Aren't you supposed to be kind of just glum a little bit all the time and kind of have a, like a, oh, we'll wait and see what happens kind of outlook on life? Oh, we've got to have a whinge about the weather. We've got to have a whinge about our fish and chips. We've got to have a whinge about the pubs not being open on time, even though they're pretty much open 24 or 7 over here. You know, it's we've got to whinge about something. And I must admit, I've been quite negative this year about the Chiefs. Very, my Britishness has come out, you know. I'm whinging, picking on the little details here and there, just being very, very overdramatic about a lot of the things that have been going on with the Chiefs. So I'm trying to be a lot more positive. It's going against my entire culture. Are you just a Midwesterner now? Is that what it is? You're just a, <laughs> a positive Midwesterner, just looking on the bright side, saying, hey, it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. It's taking right? you know? part. <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's, as long as you try your hardest, that's what really matters. It just reminds you know? me that, you know, that reminds me of, of Homer Simpson going, You tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and, and like we've said all along, you know, it's not, it's not about being perfect and not making mistakes. It's about, ownership of those mistakes you know of, of those imperfections and i mean saying that maybe 
maybe we have been a little too hard on them this year. But at the same time, you know, it is our job to kind of give Chiefs fans an honest perspective of of how the team's playing, of mm-hmm. if they're living up to expectations. And in fairness, good for the Chiefs is not good for the Falcons. A Falcons good season is a failed season for the, a Chiefs team that has expectations of chasing a title, right? If the Falcons finished with a w- would have finished with a winning season and made the playoffs, that would have been considered a successful season for the Falcons. As opposed to that, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs would have done that, it would have been like, ah, well, we really kind of expected to to do more. Like the Chiefs had to win the West and they have to win this playoff game, or else we're going to say it was a fine season, but it wasn't it wasn't what we expected right you know it wasn't it wasn't up to our expectations and it's okay to say it's up to our expectation it's okay to say you know just because you you offer feedback or maybe even criticism of something doesn't mean that you're not a fan doesn't mean that you don't love the team it's that you're just being honest about it you know it's not it's not a personal attack on anybody it's it's saying you didn't perform up to the expect up to your expectations in the position that you hold. Right. You know? And so, I mean, so, so while we're trying to be positive, we are trying to be positive and it is 2024. This is positive Rocky, you know, year of the year of the positive Rocky in 2024. I don't want to be too hard on our former selves, you know, and say that you, that we were just too negative last year. We, we, we did our best. That's what I'll say. We did our best, Chiefs Kingdom, given the circumstances. We've got to be honest with our reviews of how the Chiefs have been playing. And you're right. There is a certain amount of standard or a certain set of standards that the Chiefs hold themselves to. And as fans, we're obviously linked with that as well because you know we are heavily invested in this team. We've seen this team climb to the top of the highest mountain and you want to stay on top of that mountain. You want to be staying at that top table. You want to be the team that everybody wants to beat. And you've got to make sure that you are brutal with your assessment a lot of the time when you want to maintain those standards. And I think we've seen that a lot from a lot of the Chiefs players this year because it's fine and dandy. Everything's rosy in the garden when you're winning games and you're winning Super Bowls and you're winning AFC championships. It's fine. When the shit hits the fan. That's when you find out how your leaders are performing in a team. And I think we found that quite a bit from Holmes and even Kelsey this year. And even Andy Reid, because Andy Reid, he's he's that cuddly, cute guy, isn't he? That you know, everybody loves him. Big red. We all love big red. But he has had to go through some of these um you know, situations that has been really frustrating for the team, but also frustrating for the leaders of this team. And seeing those leaders adjust this year to actually calling out bad players, bad performances, not directly, obviously, in through the microphone, but you can see the frustration on the on the field, can't you? And on the sidelines. And we've seen that this year. And I, I'm taking that as a positive because I think... A lot of the time, you, as you're developing, as a young player like Patrick Mahomes is, he does need to start showing his frustrations a little bit more because he set the standard at Kansas City. He set this high standard that it's Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs. It has to be 
the main goal of getting to the Super Bowl every year while we've got Patrick Mahomes. And if you are not playing to that standard, and he believes you are not playing to that standard, you need to be called out on it. Well, yeah, you you think about any of the greatest players who've ever played any sport. You want to go across the board. You're talking Michael Jordan. You're talking Kobe. You're talking George Brett. You're talking all these great guys. If somebody's not pulling their weight, Lionel Messi even, right? People aren't pulling their weight. You better believe that those leaders and those superstars are in their teammates' ears. So even Tom Brady, you know, somebody runs the wrong route, Peyton Manning, they're in their ears saying, hey, cut that off and come back to me. And you see Mahomes doing that on the field some. Um, and you you love the fact that he's he feels comfortable to call the guy out on the field or on the sideline and then come up to him and say, hey, you got to do this right. This is what you did wrong. It's not like it's like we said, it's not an attack. It's it's, it's feedback, right? And feedback is a gift, they say, right? You know, um, but then in the press conference, he's up there just taking the blows for his guys, right? And the press conference. And man, he took some blows this year. Like there were times this year where it reminded me like, like in, the, in the end of the movie Raging Bull, when he's standing there just getting pummeled right back and forth by Sugar Ray. And he's like, you ain't never knocked me down, Sugar Ray. You ain't never knocked me down. Just getting hit over and over again. That's kind of how Patrick Mahomes was a little bit, a little bit there at the podium this year. And he took it, he took it on the chin, you know, and hats off to him. And Andy Reid, they took it on the chin. They didn't let the, the, the locker room get divided. They they seemingly are on the upswing at the right time, performance-wise. The defense is playing lights out like we talked about, but the offense has looked better over the last couple of weeks than they did previously. They they seem to have kind of limited some of the bad actors and focused more on the positives. Um, and another person leader in the locker room who's really, I think, really shown this year is Travis Kelsey. Um, he's handled not having a statistical year like he's used to fairly well. I would I would say and not made it about himself, not made it about the stats. We've heard Andy Reid say after this last game that that he would have let Travis Kelsey go in there and play, but it was Travis Kelsey's decision to say like like listen, that's a vanity stat. It's not something that's going to help the team. I'm not out here to be to to chase chase after you know personal glory. I'm about winning championships. I'm about the team, and I don't think it's I don't think it's fair for me to chase these 16 yards and risk getting injured ahead of a playoff push when my team's going to need me, especially, you know, we're talking, you know, hours after Sam Laporta, you know, got hurt and the, and the, and the Detroit lions playoff game, their, 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 their star rookie tight end, you know? Um, and he said, you know, there's more important things than personal accolades and that's the team. And you see that. And then on top of that, the, the unspoken thing is that, for a guy who's as popular as he is and a guy who's been as successful as he is both on and off the field, he has taken a lot of criticism and a lot of blows from Chiefs fans over his relationship with Taylor Swift, right? This is a guy who's just trying to f- follow his heart, be in a relationship with a girl that he likes, and she happens to be one of the most popular human beings on planet Earth, right? And one of the most polarizing human beings on planet Earth through a lot of people. And there's a lot of guys out there, sorry to say, I'm going to say it, there's a lot of guys out there who are threatened by powerful women and threatened by women who are self-made billionaires. And because of that, they lashed out and they said critical things about Travis Kelsey on social media and even members of the media 
you know, um, all the Brad's and Chad's and dad's out there. Um, and he sat there and he took it with nothing but class. You know, he, he, he was a hundred percent classy about it. Every single step of the way, he never talked trash on, on the chiefs fans who were talking trash about him. And that shows awesome leadership in my opinion. You're right. I mean, it shows a lot of maturity from Travis Kelsey. Um, I mean, we'll get to the, the, the Taylor Swift thing in a minute, but um, yeah, the 16 yards thing was, that was a mature decision by Travis Kelsey because like you said, Laporte, I've seen Laporte go down and get injured. And I mean, you know, I don't know if he's going to be coming back for the playoffs or whatever. I have no idea, but um, that's the risk that he understands as Travis Kelsey. As a veteran of the game, he understands that literally one play, that's it. You're down, you're out. And it could ruin the rest of the playoffs for not only for yourself, but also for the rest of your teammates. And we've never needed Kelsey as much as we've needed him this season because we've not had the receivers there. He's been the the steadying of the ship of the receiving core, and he's been that 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 talisman that we've always expected him to be. And he understands that that sixteen yards doesn't mean a jot. He's done seven one thousand yards seasons. I don't think anybody's going to break that. I don't think anybody's going to break that. So I think he understands what's an eighth one. What's an eighth one going to mean? It doesn't mean anything. What matters is whether you get that ring at the end of the day. And I like the fact that he's taken that decision of just being very mature and just thought, let's just chase the ring. Let's not chase the stats. Let's just chase the rings and see where we end up. And I really like that. Again, another positive kind of uh, a thing of, of not only Travis Kelsey, but from the rest of the team as well, because no doubt Pacheco probably wanted to get his yards. No doubt Rice would have probably wanted to get his yards as well. But I think they've probably taken that lead as well from Travis Kelsey and thought, do you know what? He's not doing it. I'm not going to be bothered by it either. I'm going to ex- I'm going to be happy with how the season has played out for me and we're just going to go into the playoffs riding into it. Oh, 100%. You talk about maturity. It's a far cry from the Travis Kelsey we used to know who was out there making certain hand gestures towards referees <laughs> in the middle of games, you know. Throwing flags and uh, towels. And stuff. Yeah, 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 throwing <laughs> flags and towels and, <laughs> and, you know, and stepping over guys and, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Being in Sports Illustrated, talking about all the girls that they had at the hotel rooms. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a far cry from the Travis Kelsey that we knew, uh, you know, coming up. And and also, I think that he he understands that you know it's all about legacy right now for him, and and and, and another Super Bowl ring means more than another thousand yard season to him at this point because he knows he's not a spring chicken, and he also knows because he's not a spring chicken, he has more years behind him than he has ahead of him. But also on the injury aspect, me and you both know, man, you slip on the ice, you turn the wrong way, and, and you're you're on the couch with your back out for for 12 hours right or a week yeah you know and so and so the older you get the the more gingerly you have to you have to behave with your with your health and your in your physical abilities oh just getting up in the morning for me i think i put my shoulder out once just waking up <laughs> i don't know exactly what he means i mean but i mean kelsey's obviously younger than what i am but uh and he plays obviously high impact sports something that i don't play now but um, I, I'm, I've suffered over the years, man, from my soccer playing days. I've really suffered. I really have. Um, I just wanted to look at some other highlights as well because um, we picked out a couple of highlights for the, 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 we've really been excited about the Chiefs this year. And one of them for me personally was the game at Frankfurt. Now, it kind of leads in, obviously, to the Dolphins game that's coming up in the playoffs. But um, going to see the Chiefs is a special thing any at any point. I mean, going over to Kansas City, is a is an amazing experience, and if if any of my um, compatriots have 
ever thought about going, please do it. It is such an amazing experience. You've got to go and do it. Um, I've I've seen the Chiefs play in Miami, in, in London, in Kansas City, and now I've seen them in Frankfurt. And the Frankfurt experience was very, very unique in an international series uh, perspective because I've never seen a crowd like that get so hyped up for a game. Um, the London series is good. It's really, you know, there's a lot of fans there from all teams there watching the game. And you get an experience. It's not the atmosphere that you would expect that you would get from an actual NFL game over in Kansas City. But it, by any stretch of the imagination, it's not like that. But this Frankfurt one, there was a lot of Chiefs fans in that stadium. And there was a there was quite a few Dolphins fans in there as well. There wasn't a, a massive mixture of fans that covered all the teams. I, th- I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in an international series game. So for me personally, that was a massive highlight for me because I think it's something that the Chiefs are experiencing over there. I think they've hit the market so perfectly in Germany. It's such a great area to uh, to kind of you know plant your flag in and try and you know conquer Europe because the Germany fans love the game and they absolutely love the Chiefs being in town. So it's a huge experience, fantastic for the fans, fantastic for the players. I mean, we saw that play, didn't we? I mean, that's that's another thing I'm going to say. The highlight for me that play where it was Trent McDuffie stripping the ball from Tyree Hill. And then Mike Edwards lateraling it over to Brian Cook and just seeing that amazing play happen in front of your very eyes. It, honestly, it was something similar to like what Wasp was or Corn Dog was or anything like that. Huge play and in a huge moment as well. I mean, yeah, there wasn't a lot riding on it, but the atmosphere and the occasion, the Chiefs really rose to it. And that's something that really kind of brings a bit of confidence for me leading into this game. I tell you what. Those Germans are just, they're an intense bunch, aren't they? They're a little oh, bit, they, they, they got a whole other different level of intensity to them than, uh, than you Brits do. You oh, know, they do. We're quite extent. reserved. Yeah, we're quite reserved. Yeah, quite reserved. Yeah. The, the German fans, wow, they just really kind of pump up the volume. It's brilliant. I've only been through Germany a couple of times and I've always just respected it's like a quiet intensity where like they're, they're, they're kind and they're nice people. But if you're like, hey, can we bend the rules on this one thing? They're like, no. Why would we do that? No, absolutely not. And and it's just it just is what it is. And yeah. then on top of that, you know how Chiefs fans get once they get a little bit of schnitzel in them. You get a little bit of schnitzel and uh, some hefeweizen in them, and those some vice beer fans in are. Oh my gosh, yeah. they are they are liable to tear the city apart. You know. <laughs> um, you have a highlight, yeah. Bro. I do, I do. Um, so a it was that that lateral play. I think I think yeah. we need I think we need a good name for that lateral play, you know. Um, like because we have like you know, you know, jet wasp chip, and we have you know the corn dog play, and we have the 13 second game, but for like 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 what like the Frankfurt toss, like 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 the weenie toss, you know, like what do you want to like like what do you like what do you call it? You know, so that we can probably call it the so cookbook can... or something like that, shouldn't we? Mm, yeah, the cookbook yeah. would be a good the one. Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Something the like that. I th- yeah, I think, I think another Cook. the Brian Cook. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the cookbook. The I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to workshop it a little bit more. Cheese Kingdom. And the you know, leave a review. Tell us what uh what you think it should be called. Yeah. You know, and maybe 
Maybe you can uh, revisit it on the next episode. Chiefs Kingdom's quite creative with things like this. I'm sure we'll come up with a name for it. But I can't believe we still haven't come up for a name with it right now. But anyway. Anyway. Moving anyway. on. So a highlight for me, I would say I would say one thing that I've really been impressed with this year is just the overall development of Rashi Rice and his rookie yeah. season as a wide receiver. Um, just going from a guy who puked in pra- his first practice and kind of came in a little bit out of shape and then started off being a guy that they only trusted with bubble screens, you know, and that sort of thing. And just, you know, a handful of snaps a game, really to see him ramp him up over the course of the season to where he sets the chiefs rookie record for touchdown for receiving touchdowns. Um, and it was on the cusp of a thousand yard receiving his rookie year. Really. When you think about the bulk of those yards kind of came in the second half of the season as well. And he really just kind of continued to like, just build week upon week upon week. I think that not only shows a good game plan by Andy Reed and Connor Embry, who I'm going to give his laurels to here for developing Rashi Rice. If we're going to give him, if Chiefs fans are going to give him crap for MVS and Kadarius Tony, then we got to give him credit for Rashi Rice's development. Absolutely. And I think they had a really good game plan for, for building them up and getting them to this point at the right time of the season. And then and then hats off to Rushy Rice for putting in the work, right? For getting out there and, and really working on his craft and continuing to improve. And I think that moving into next year, you have to be really, really excited to think that, yes, the Chiefs still need help in the receiving core, but they have a guy who is excellent out of the slot and can also play outside and kind of stretch the field. We've seen and that's a movable piece right there for the offense that we didn't have eight, nine weeks ago, right? That, that now we're looking ahead and we can say, this guy's on the upswing, and this is something to really to look forward to. It's very much turning negatives into a positive, I think, isn't it? With uh, the fact that, yes, we have had the issues with, M- with MVS and Tony, but it has seen the emergence of Rishi Rice being the guy and being that guy that has been very much a focus i suppose for patrick mahomes because um you're right he's he's really played like we've never seen before from a chiefs player a rookie a rookie chiefs player for that, for that matter for a rookie wide receiver in a andy reid offense seeing him shine like this is it's you know it's never been heard of we've never seen this before so he, he beat Deshaun jackson's rookie yards record for andy reid offense yeah it's you know it's so much to be thankful for in that respect. So again, we're turning negatives into a positives here, here, Rocky. What about it? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, hey, like you look at uh, Isaiah Pacheco's second half of the season, his rushing, him yeah. coming on. If he can stay healthy, and then I mean, you want to talk about positive? Just name any player on the defense. Name yeah. one player on the defense this year that's had a down year. He can't. Like, there's not a single person on the defense he'd say has had a bad year. Maybe, maybe Nick Bolton because of injuries, but I mean, you're really going to say Nick Bolton has been the, has been the downside to your defense this year. Like no way, like no way. Like they, that defense is rock solid across the board, you know, from player to player. I mean, you got guys like, like Mike Dana is all of a sudden a huge producer and a contributor. You got Derek Naughty playing great run defense better than he's ever played in his entire career, I would say, in my opinion. Um, you know, Willie Gay's going sideline to sideline. Trent McDuffie is locked down in the slot. And then Legereus Sneed should be an all-pro an all-pro cornerback, not just a Pro Bowl. Or forget the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a popularity contest. Who cares? He should be an all-pro 
he has been playing at that level. Nobody has locked down Pro Bowl cornerbacks like he has. You have Justin Jefferson still got a thousand yards receiving this year, only playing half of the season injured, and he shut him down. He shut him down. I know he got injured in that game, but prior to that, he wasn't he wasn't on his way to having a big game. Like Legarius Sneed has been the brightest of bright spots, I think, this season that you could ever ask for. Yeah, I mean, he's been shutting down top WR1s in the league, really, hasn't he? I mean, Devontae Adams was another one. Jamal Chase was another one. Absolutely shutting down uh, that corner slot. It, 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 it's such a positive for the Chiefs. Um, and like you said, you don't want to just single one guy out on this, on this Chiefs defense because... The defense as a unit has been solid. I mean, it's the what is it? The, it's the number two scoring defense in, in the league, which is something to be proud of. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a number two scoring defense in the league as, as, as I've been a Chiefs fan. We've had some good defenses in the past. Um, but this team. I've been, a, I've been a Chiefs fan since the 1980s because I was born in Kansas City. Right? We're talking like Dan Sally, Amua. We're talking DT58. We're talking. All these great defenses I've seen coming up, Deron Cherry, all these guys. I've never seen a defense this good. It's so I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm being I'm being 100 percent honest, Chiefs Kingdom. The 1993 Chiefs defense was probably the next best one, unless you're going back to like Buck Buchanan, early oh, AFL, early yeah. early Super Bowl era days. I, I'll give those guys their credit. Like I wasn't around to see it, but from what I've heard, those guys were lights out. But I'm 42 years old. In the last 42 years of my life. I have not seen a cheese defense that is as good as this one. Not even with Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Dale Carter, you name it. Any other guy I used to play back then. This is the best cheese defense that we've had in my lifetime. It just begs now, doesn't it, that we need this Chiefs offense to really kind of match what the defense is putting out. And the playoffs are coming up, and we will be talking about that in the second half of the show. So, uh, but is there any other highlights that you've you've thought about there before we before we end? I mean, one of my one of my highlights really was uh, Pacheco, 130 yards against the Bengals. I thought he ran that game. He he ruled that game from start to finish, and uh, that was just another highlight I just wanted to throw out there. But not forgetting as well the Chris Jones million dollar sack. <laughs> <laughs> we saw against the Chargers. He tried three quarters to get that sack, didn't he? And he was only meant to be on for one quarter, but Andy Reid let him try and get that money. And uh, it was the right decision in the end for him, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. And I think that even like, the sack was awesome and him getting that money was awesome. But the, the greatest part was seeing the celebration and the reaction on the sideline. I think that that is the highlight, is the understanding that what the Chiefs have in their locker room is not something that other teams have, something that we can't take for granted, is the fact that the guys in this locker room actually like each other. They're actually pulling for each other. They get excited for each other. They like being around each other. They like hanging out with each other. They're friends with one another. That chemistry is something that you can't buy. You can't, like That's something that's only developed through a culture over time of having the right combination of players in the locker room. So that's a hats off to Andy Reid. That's a hats off to Brett Veach, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, every other leader that's in that locker room that helps build that culture of guys liking each other. And it, and it trickles down. It's not just that play. You see it with them swag surfing on the sidelines. Swag surfing is always a highlight. And 
And, you know, Travis Kelsey was talking about it on his podcast that, you know, it's something it's it's part of their culture that when the defense needs a big stop, that swag surfing is 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 what they go to. And you saw Willie Gay Jr. say, like basically knowing in that moment, we're at a point where we need to close this game out. Like we need to shut down the Bengals. We need to shut the door. We need to stomp on their throats, so to speak, and put them out of their misery. And so he he says, hey, somebody call upstairs and get swag surfing on because he knows it's going to motivate and fire up the entire sideline. And so what do they do? They do that, and the Chiefs go out and get four sacks. The Chiefs go out and get four sacks after that. You're telling me, like, like these guys know how to motivate each other, and they and, and, and they genuinely like hanging out with one another, and it's awesome. It's awesome to be a fan of that. It's awesome to be a part of that. Um, and I tell you what, I see them swag surfing on, surfing on the sidelines and I start to get pumped up a little bit and I start to be like, yeah, let's go, you know? And so, uh, yeah, so well, you're, definitely. you're right though. The last couple of games though, it does feel like that championship swagger that we've been used to since like 2019 is suddenly creeping back into this team now, doesn't it? That we're thinking, okay, right. The, the, the players are starting to feel this now, but it's towards the end of the season. Obviously they're right, obviously very excited because they've obviously had another winning season, won another AFC West. Chris Jones getting his million dollars, what well, one point two five million that he's gotten. Apparently, he's going to buy the uh, the linebackers uh, Rolexes or something like that. I think he's going to get. I don't know what he's going to spend his money on, but spend it wisely, Chris. Spend it wisely. I think this championship swagger might well be back coming into this into this playoffs, and it's absolutely the right time to get it back, isn't it? Oh, it's all. It's just like it's, to an extent with the Chiefs being the kings of the AFC West that they have been over the last eight seasons and just kind of coming in the season and knowing that you cannot have your best regular season and still win the division and still host a playoff game. It's a lot like the NBA in a sense, right? Where, where sure the regular season matters, but the playoffs are what really matter, right? Where like the season begins today or, or this weekend, right? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a one game elimination season from here on out. Everything else has happened up until now. Doesn't matter. Everybody who's in this, in this tournament is zero and zero. And all that matters is that you win every game in this tournament moving forward. Right then. I think we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about the playoff matchup between the chiefs versus the dolphins. We'll see you soon. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi there. Welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Rocky. Here we are. It's playoff time. Season's over with. 
Dust has settled. We're now gearing up for the Dolphins at the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, another home game in the playoffs. Are you excited about this, Rocky? Is that a daft question? Ah, I mean, I live for this. I live. <laughs> we live I for live playoffs. for playoff football. I mean, like I just said, it's all that matters. The season starts today. Are you kidding me? Ah, oh, I, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe playoff football. And my wife and kids, like, God bless them. They're the most patient humans in the world for, for putting up with me during playoff football because it's just a complete one-track one track mind. My kids are like, Daddy? Do you still love us? Are you still paying attention? I'm like, I'm like, son, please. I just need one month. Give me one month, and I'll be the the best father in the world again. No, I'm just. Joking. I'll be the best father I love in the my world kids. for the next five months, and then it's back yeah. on it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll be for for eleven months out of the year. I'm the father of the year, but give me this one month, man. That's all I ask. You know, I love my wife. I love my kids. My kids are amazing. I try to be the best dad I can. But yeah, I am stoked and fired up for playoff football, baby. It's funny you should say eat, sleep, and drink football because uh, I'm pretty much like that over here. But obviously, with the time zone difference, the sleep, you don't get much of it over here um, because this game is going to be on at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning for me. There's a lot of UK Chiefs fans and a lot of UK Dolphins fans are going to be feeling the feeling the, uh, the, the pinch in this, I think, because, yes, we, we're kind of accustomed to it because a lot of us do set our alarms at 8 o'clock. We, you know, we wake up at one o'clock in the morning and we'll get down and we'll start watching the game and, the, and, you know, the quietness of the home and trying to suppress all of that cheering and excitement and stuff like that. And especially with a playoff game like this, and especially when it's a, it's the opponents of the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill, the added spice that's going to bring to Arrowhead because he's been talking a lot of smack about the Chiefs in preseason. And he even mentioned, he made a prediction, didn't he? He said, I hate to do it. I'm going to put up the deuces in our head. I hate to do it, but I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And I just feel like if he does do that, I think this just amps up the decibels even more because I think this Chiefs team aren't going to let that let that slide. Oh, no, not at all. You, you think that Steve Spagnuolo's not playing that on repeat in the defensive back room and Dave Merritt on, on repeat in the defensive back room this, this week and they haven't told the Jerry Sneed over and over again that, you know, Tyreek says that he's going to throw the deuces on you. And if there's one player who knows how to cover Tyreek Hill on this team, it's Legereus Sneed. I mean, they, they went against each other in practice day in, day out for a long time. Um, and so do I think it's going to happen? I'm scared that it's going to happen, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say the Chiefs shut him down. I'm going to say maybe Jalen Waddle's going to get a touchdown, but I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs come out and make a point to shut down Tyreek Hill like they have. They they like 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 they said earlier in the year, Dave Merritt said that they uh that they get basically tell the Jerry Sneed like like um this is your taken like like assignment where you have to be Liam Neeson on taken where you just no matter what, this guy does not you, you you're you're an unstoppable force at stopping this guy, you know. And so they uh and so I think that I think that they're going to shut Tyreek down. I think that the Dolphins may scheme up some success in other areas. Um, it doesn't help the Dolphins that they're coming into the plane in the cold in an environment they're not used to playing in. I don't think it's going to stop Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's used to playing in the cold, so it's not going to stop him at all. But the other ancillary 
pieces to the team. Your Tua Tagovailoa's, your Jalen Waddle, who is still currently questionable coming back from an injury. Um, I think that they they may struggle a little bit in the cold, which is going to which hope Raheem Mostert's also questionable right now, and so I think that 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 may isolate Tyreek Hill and have him try to put too much on his plate and have them try to force the ball to him a little bit, which hopefully then could create a turnover. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs clearly had uh, the Dolphins in the pocket at Frankfurt, but, I mean, do you expect them to actually set up a, a similar kind of shop against the Dolphins in this game? Do you, is this this doubling up act that they're going to be doing, do you think you know? Do you think that's going to be the, the, the key thing here? Or are they going to try and change things around a little bit just so they're not as predictable? Because clearly the Dolphins are going to be working on something to counter that, aren't they? Tyreek Hill is definitely the guy that they absolutely have to try and get open. But if they can use him a bit more of a, of a decoy, like you said, maybe trying to get Waddle involved if he's if he's playing, if he's fit, but also maybe not a lesser known wide receiver or their, you know, their tight end might be uh, an option as well. But I, I don't know. I think, I think you're right. I think the cold weather is going to be playing a big factor with Tua. Um, I think he's going to be using the ground a lot more. I think that's probably going to be the main thing from Tua on this. He's going to be using the, his legs a little bit more rather than the passing game, which is that going to be enough? Because this Chiefs defense can still stop you in the run, can't it? Well, yeah, the Chiefs Stevens could really stop you in the run. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball effectively against us, especially like 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 Devon A chain being back healthy. That's a big deal. He's a stud. He's a young stud. Yeah. So the Chiefs have got got to key in on him in the run game, or else he he can he has a he's a home run hitter. He can he can break one off for a long game. Um, I think that in the passing game. You're going to see a lot more of what the Chiefs have kind of been doing recently with these these muddy zone coverages, like like just trying to murk the waters up a little bit, where you you start off on one guy and then you pass them off back into a zone and to try to confuse the quarterback, so he really doesn't know where his hot read is going to be. Um, I think they're going to bracket Tyreek Hill as well. I think they're going to try to switch it up as much as possible to try to just keep keep to talk about Loa guessing on where the open guy is going to be. And then with that, I think, you know, Steve Spagnuolo is going to bring the heat. He's going to mix up his blitz packages. He's going to, he's going to show one guy and then blitz another. He's going to bring somebody out like Trent McDuffie off the edge to blitz to a talk And he's going to, he's going to force to a talk to a in the cold and, and less than less than perfect conditions to make a quick decision and get the ball out of his hand fast. Otherwise, he's going to light them up. And I think that's going to be the key is that the Chiefs get home with their pressure, then I don't think the Dolphins stand a chance. And then, I mean, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense operating against this Dolphins defense should be really, really easy. Uh, the Dolphins are missing almost every single one of their pass rushers, right? They have they have Melvin Ingram out there, you know, trying to make a an impact at this point, but it's the, the chiefs are just the chiefs should be able to protect Patrick Mahomes in this game. Let's just say that. Yeah. That's hopefully the, uh, the tackles are going to be okay as well. Cause uh, was, I think, uh, was it Juwan Taylor would, went down injured before. Um, and yeah, he's back. Morris, he came so, back though. Yeah. 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 So Juwan Taylor came back. Wanya Morris is, was in concussion protocol. So we'll have to see how that progresses throughout mm-hmm. the week. Cause not having him is going to be a big blow. 
if Donovan Smith is still out as well, like it looks like he might be, um, then then you're gonna be you're gonna be looking at you know at a Jawan Taylor at left tackle, which you don't you don't want for a playoff push. Um, Jawan Taylor did not look did not look good at left tackle in the snaps that he played last Sunday. Um, but you know, that's, it's, it's, it's going to be on this offensive line to keep Patrick Mahomes upright and they don't. And, and we'll just be honest. Miami dolphins do not have a good pass rush right now. They're so banged up that they, they just don't have the people to try to, to try to come after Patrick Mahomes. This will, however, be another homecoming for another former chief as well with Justin Houston currently being on the dolphins roster. Yeah, yeah, people seem to forget about him, don't they? He was one of our star players back in the day. And uh, yeah, he seems to be jumping around from team to team at the moment, doesn't he? But um, just going off what you were saying there, the, the, the passing yards against per game. I mean, the Dolphins, they're 15th in the league, passing yards against per game. And the Chiefs are fourth. So, um, you know, it's it, it's it, it's a solid, it's, you know, it's a solid outlook on that, I think. But where this Dolphins team is so so deadly is, I mean, the total yards per game, they're number one in the league. Passing yards per match, per game, second in the league. And rushing yards per game, sixth in the league. Um, You know, it it is considered to be a high-octane offense, but I still question that because when you look at the schedule that they've gone through this year, I think they've only had, I think they've had wins against two teams that have had a winning record this year. That's not something that you want to be kind of, you know, shouting about a lot, really. I mean, yeah, a win's a win, and you've got to win those games. And we understand that, as, as many people, I can still remember the, the Jets game back in the day when the Chiefs were expected to blow out the Jets, and they absolutely destroyed us. And it, it was just devastating. We, you know, There's so much expectation from a, 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 these high-octane offenses. And sometimes when it doesn't materialise, you wonder what the hell went wrong. Um, but for the Dolphins only to have two wins against two winning teams it's not something that's really going to be um you know in their favor is it is this no it doesn't inspire confidence in you if you're a uh, if you're a fan of the dolphins and especially the way that they're coming into the playoffs after last week's performance of really just kind of folding under pressure against the buffalo bills you know Mm -hmm. and turning the ball over late in the game um and they got so, destroyed. They got destroyed by the Ravens as well, didn't they? The previous week. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. And so, the, so if you're a Dolphins fan, you're not feeling great about about the state of your team coming in this game. They're not healthy. They're not playing great football on offense. And the the trick is okay. So they're not playing their best football. Don't get cocky, right? Because yeah. all it takes you don't be the get right game, Chiefs, right? So. Uh, <laughs> As long as the Chiefs take care of business and they come out there with the intensity that they have shown over the last few weeks, I think that they'll be fine. Um, but it's the playoffs, like we said, like it's a it's a it's a zero zero season at this point. And you know, if you don't bring your the, the NFL, there's such a small margin of error between the worst team in the league, like even the Carolina Panthers. If you don't come out and play your best football, they're gonna beat you. Right, like, like, like everybody in the NFL is good, even on the worst team. Right, they're all NFL players, and the difference between the best team and the worst team is not nearly as much as people like to act like it is. Okay, let's go with predictions. Wild card. I mean, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in a wild card before, but here we are, wild card round. I'm going to go with 
a very tight, close game. I'm going to go with the Dolphins 21, Chiefs 24. And it's going to be literally the last kick of the game with Harrison Butker. That's what I'm going for. What about you, Rocky? I'm going for a big Chiefs victory. Whoa. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to win 35 to 17 with a game ceiling pick six in the fourth quarter. From who? That's what I'm saying. I'm going to say that it's going to it's going to be. I'm you know what? I'm going to call it. I'm going to say it with my chest. I'm calling a pick six, a pick six, two target Valoa trying to force the ball to Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to say that Justin Reed jumps the route and, really? uh, and intercepts the ball on bracket coverage and returns it for a touchdown. I'm going to say Snead has good coverage. Justin Reed's offering help over the top, jumps the route, pick six, take it back to the house. Chiefs win and move on. Bold prediction from Rocky right there. <laughs> yep, saying it with my chest. I ain't scared. Shoot. <laughs> you think I live scared? No way. I, I, I'll, all day long, baby. This is the playoffs. If, if we're going to be in the game, then might as well act like we're the champs. Yeah, exactly. One thing I will say is, is if Tyreek Hill does score the first touchdown, our head's going to get loud and going to get rocking. I'm, I'm just... That's what I'm predicting right there. I think that's the thing that ignites the fuse that gets Chiefs fans really really hyped up to really go, do you know what? You ain't doing that again in our house. Right then, Rocky, again, you've been an absolute superstar. Second week in a row, back to back. <laughs> I tell you, this, unde- this, this undeniable chemistry that we have. <laughs> I mean, if this was on Hinge or Bumble, like I would swipe right on you, my friend. <laughs> you know, like this this chemistry we got, like, I'm sorry. Like if, uh, if, if Tom ever decides to, you know, take his talents to South Beach, or something like that, and become a Miami Dolphins fan. Just you know, keep keep my number in your phone. You know, <laughs> just 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 text me. Hey, you up? You know, whatever you want to say. You know, you can always hit me up for a uh, podcast booty call. Well, there's friend. an offer. I'll, I'll always I'll always hop on a plane and come across the pond to be on uh, the Great British <laughs> Chiefs. We absolutely need a, need a beer, and next time the Chiefs are playing somewhere, don't we? We absolutely need to get a beer together, man. We really do. hundred percent. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on again, mate. Really appreciate it. We've got uh, Tom is back next week. I mean, if you don't want him back, just let us know in the comments in the uh, in the review section of Apple Podcast. Just let us know. Just say no. We want Rocky back. We don't want Tom back. It's it's he's old hat now. We don't need him back anymore. We we, we're used to not having him. (laughs) Listen, I could just be your guys' sidekick, like your like your like your third wheel. You know, you guys could have an open an open podcast, so to speak, you know, and just yeah. invite me into your relationship to, to be a part of it. I love it. I don't need exclusivity. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, obviously Tom Charles returns next week for our roundup of the wildcard round in this year's playoffs. So stick around for that. If you've enjoyed the show so far this season, give us a shout in the review section of the Arrowhead Pride Apple podcast. We will be responding to some uh, some of those comments in there when Tom gets back because there's some funny requests in there, actually, we, we really need to address. So uh, more on that next time. But all that's left to say here is from myself and Rocky, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.